Welcome to the Auditorium Podcast. 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 Welcome to the Auditorium Nice little drum fill at the end. That was... Um, do you think we need to do that again? Well, that was pretty bang on, wasn't no, it? No, spot on. Those harmonies were... Terrific. Beautiful. Terrific. So, that was... That's your Casio SK-1. It is. From 1982, and I think. And you kept yours. It was your second ever keyboard and my second ever keyboard, but mine... I don't know, it's in a skip somewhere. Oh, it's a shame. It's a collector's piece, that. It is. But it ties in nicely, doesn't it? It's almost as if we planned this... Well, almost as if we'd done some work before getting into the studio. Yes. That's not like us, Dave. Uh, but yes, yes, we did. We did, because this this neatly segues into our into our very special guest guest speaker today, living legend who is Lorraine Bowen, mm. who some listeners will know, some of our British listeners, because obviously we have listeners... All um, over. All over the globe. Yeah. And our British listeners will know Lorraine from a TV programme that we don't watch, because it's Bit, you know, it's a bit below us, isn't it? I watched but, it. Did you? Did you? All right. Yeah, I saw uh, it. Uh, called Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. And Lorraine came in the semi-finals? Something like that. I her... only watched one. Right, right. <laughs> the one with her on. Yes. Um, yeah, Lorraine's brilliant crumble song sort of got her into the semi-finals. And she's a terrific performer. Yeah. And also passionate about Casio keyboards. She's been collecting them since the... Probably ever since they started coming out in the late 70s. And she is talking... Her talk is called... Lorraine Bowen's Vital Organs, and she's going to be demonstrating some of her favourite Casio keyboards and I think singing a song or two to uh, to demonstrate their versatility. So, without further ado, here's the wonderful Lorraine Bowen. Hello, my name's Lorraine Bowen and I'm passionate about small organs. I have an array in my loft, but tonight I've bought four of my faves, and I think really they should be called my vital organs. <laughs> some of them I've bought, some of them I've been given. Some of them have been organ donations, even. <laughs> but here they are in their glory, and I'm going to tell you all about them. The first one is from 1969, yes the Rolf Harris Stylophone. I'll take it slowly out the case. And of course, every young child at Christmas had one of these, if they were rich enough. Quite disappointed when they saw the size of it against the the polyurethane there. But here it is, white plastic casing. Look round the sides and there's only one hole. And it says amplifier output. Yes, the stylophone was ready to rock the world. It was ready to be charged up to a PA system. 
look at this small speaker, and then we come down to a very strange thing. Is it a pen? What is it? It's attached to a wire. It's a stylus. And the stylus would be used to go up and down these little keyboard things here in silver. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Shall I switch it on? Yeah! I've got a choice of two buttons here. I think I'm just going to go for on and I'm going to go for full vibrato. Now, anyone who doesn't know what vibrato is, of course, it's a kind of sound. So let's see if this does that kind of sound. Yes, the batteries are working tonight. It's wonderful, absolutely lovely. So that's a C. An R sing an arpeggio to see what it sounds like. So an arpeggio would be C E G C. Let's play it on the stylophone. Ooh. Now I was playing the correct notes there, but unfortunately it was slightly out of tune, and that's due to tired CROs, capacity-resistant oscillators. Now, I wanted to find out what a capacity-resistant oscillator would look like, and I looked round the back and I opened it up, but I tell you, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, because it looks like one of those huge antibiotics that you get for cystitis, <laughs> or urinary infections, pretty horrible. So let's go to the main thing of this, which is slidey notes. Now, I'm really into auto accompaniments, but this is before auto, auto accompaniments were invented. So I'm going to be the auto accompaniment, and this is going to be the tune. Anyway, I think it's a blinking brilliant organ to start you off on my talk. It's the stylophone! Hooray! Right, let's put that back there. And let's go to 1981. Yes, 1981 to the Casio VL Tone. This is a slimline organ, still in white plastic casing, and there's certainly no fatty deposits here. It's beautiful. Again, go round the sides, very, very blank and minimalistic, until you come to now two holes. <gasps> wow, we have line out, mini jack, and we have an AC adapter, spelt in an exotic spelling, A-D-A-P-T-O-R. <gasps> it must be American, and it means for the first time, not only batteries are being put in here, the national grid can be put into the Casio VL Tone. It's so exciting! Woo! Da, da, da. Da, da, da. Yes. Now, I got one of these 
in the sixth form. I was doing A-level music, and I often used to fool the teacher by thinking, well, making them think that I was composing very incredible serial music and things like this. But in fact, I had my textbook underneath the desk and I was doing my maths homework. You don't know why, because this is a dual function instrument. It's not only an organ, it's a calculator. Oh, the Japanese, they were so creative, so creative. It's so wonderful. I bought this in Basildon. I was living in Chelmsford at the time. And I wonder, really, you know, Basildon was the centre of the 80s electro movement. And I wonder, maybe I'm inventing an urban myth at this point, but maybe Alison Moyet and Vince Clark went down to that Basildon music shop and they bought a Casio VL tone. Maybe they were just fiddling around in the back garden. Maybe they just came up with only you that day. Oh, I'm going to relive a moment that could have happened, maybe, possibly. Join in if you like it. Looking from a window above, it's like the story of love. Can you hear me? Came back only yesterday. Thank you very much. That's absolutely lovely. Now let's just tot up the royalties, shall we? <laughs> Put it on calculator mode. And 9,999 pounds. Hooray! Live for another year. Let's shoot over now to my ironing board with the Casio Tone MT100. I've got quite a lot of the Casio Tone um, series in my loft, but I think this one's the best, really, for me. In grey casing now, I think it's denoting a more serious attitude towards the instruments, maybe not so much toy level, but this has got graphic equaliser, five bands, it's pretty cutting edge, pretty amazing. The only thing is that the Japanese must have had, oh, I don't know, a couple of researchers on the old drum beats and uh, they were a bit old-fashioned. They hadn't realised that new romantics and punk could happen. And we've still got rock, pops, disco, 16-beat, Beguine and Bossa Nova. <laughs> but luckily for me, it's got that Bossa Nova because I love it. And it really gets my bingo wings going <laughs> any time of the day. It's lovely. I'm just going to give this a sound check. I love it. That's lovely. That's the key of 38C. <laughs> Now, 
I'm just going to go straight into the whole thing because I don't even need to explain more knobs on the back. There isn't really very much except to phones. So by this time that teenagers were forced to put phones on so they wouldn't distress their parents so much composing all their tunes. Let's go to the bossa nova though. Oh yes, this is a tune I invented in about... 1961, no, sorry. Let's go. This is a tune I invented called the Crumble Song. Yeah! Everybody's good at cooking something And I'm good at cooking crumble In fact, I've got one in the oven Would you like some? Yeah! This has been a, such an inspiration. It's the French version as well. It's an inspiration. And I'll tell you something. A lot of people have got these under their bed and they don't even know it. I was doing the ironing once and it glinted at me. And I just decided, get rid of the cotton, go to polyester and just free the ironing board and just compose music all the time. Five albums later, including Lorraine Bone's Vital Organs, <laughs> I'd inspire you all to be more creative, get rid of the ironing and get out your Casio MT100. <laughs> Let's go on to my fourth and final Vital Organ. This is quite a corker. I'm going back in time, really, to 1981. And this is called the Suzuki Omnicord. This was given to me by the very wonderful Billy Bragg. Kirsty McColl had told him that it would improve his songwriting by being able to play buttons and have the related chords. So um, he bought one, but he said it was too cheesy and he gave it to me. <laughs> so I'm very thrilled to have this. I think it's the original version. It's got chord patterns here, it's got rhythm buttons here, and it's got an amazing harp effect down here. So I've written a couple of tunes. Um, this is a pizza song. Let's go. It's a protest song. Not in the style of <laughs> Billy Bragg at all. But on page 16 of the manual, it said that you could, and this is just completely a no-no in all the other manuals I've ever read, but you could put two buttons down at the same time, thus creating a new rhythm. No. It's amazing. It's just, it just defies all electronica, really. So let's put it on. And that is Latin and swing combined. And I think it's really hip, but you. It's ahead of its time, 1981. I think it's great. It reminds me of a kind of a hip hop, Jesse J kind of thing. <laughs> I don't want no mega pizza, I want summer, summer to get my teeth into. I want stuffing pan for pan for pepperoni all around. An olive or two, no, three or four. And what I want, what I want, what I want more is more cheese on my pizza, please. I want more cheese on my pizza, please. I want my mama, 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 more cheese on my pizza, please. Any questions for Lorraine? Um, PCM versus sampling. 
PCM code, that's, uh, this is what, these are all mono. I really like the mono. Um, uh, as it got into PCM stereophonic, yeah. it's a bit contrived, the sound. I don't like it. It's too shiny. I like the matte quality of the sounds. Lovely. He's probably taken, he's probably gone to bed now. But, um, <laughs> I'll take the delayed vibrato off. Delayed vibrato, of course, being da. You get the straight bit first, then the wavy bit. I love it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Beautiful. ADSL. I've seen an ADSL on here, actually. Yes, ADSL. We can have we can have ADSL. People shouting out now technical things, trying to trick me, but I will not be tricked. Watch this. That's the ADSR button here. It sounds like a hen. Not very good. Moving swiftly on. Yeah, um, so there were Casios and Yamahas. Ooh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and there was a different polarity. Yamahas seemed to have reverse polarity to Casios. You couldn't share the adapters. Ooh, it's a lady, yes, mm. who knows yes, everything. So, so, so do you have any Yamahas? If not, why not? I've got one Yamaha, which is right at the end of the loft. And again, it's, it's pulse code modulation. It's stereo. It's trying to be too clever. I like these ones. I like them. I like where they stay. 1984, 1983 is the last one, really. So, yeah, I know what you mean, though. Is there, is there a dream instrument that you don't, don't own that you'd like to? Oh, wow. I think I'd really like to have a, a, big, a big proper organ. You know, a B3 Hammond, which would be lovely. But, you know, Brighton is so blinking terrorist, isn't it? You know, I'd like to have a big detached house in Brighton so I could play all my organs at full volume at 12 o'clock. But, you know, there's always some grumpy neighbour, isn't there, living next door? Question from the lady at the front. Um, hello. I just wanted to ask, surely Rolf Harris didn't invent the stylophone? No, he didn't invent it. He endorsed it. Oh. I was very careful to say that. Yes, he put his name to it. And is that a really early version of the stylophone? Were there... Um, uh, there is a model. Well, with, they've redone it recently. panel. You can get them with panels that make crazy noises. Really? Hmm. This is the very, very. Uh, uh, this is just one. I got now. I, I didn't say it, but I, when I was little, my parents couldn't afford to buy me a stylophone. They were really expensive. I think about forty pounds in 1969. And so my dad made one from Hi-Fi Weekly, <laughs> and so I, was, I think that's why I. <laughs> clench onto it now because my dad's one it was just plain horrible it was just useless you know, I'm a, you know he tried his best but it was all tin foil with wires sticking out and if you could get three notes out of it you know you were lucky you know thanks dad but you know it's nice to have the real thing space hoppers the same so keep going so more cheese more cheese
Lorraine Bowen there with her talk, Vital Organs. And, of course, Dave, Lorraine has gone on to bigger and better things, hasn't she, with getting to, I think it was, uh, semi-finals on Britain's Got Talent. I thought it was on... Put that, put that, Dave. Put the keyboard down and walk away from it. Put it down. Put it down. Put it down. Sorry. Put it down. Okay. Yes, no, she did brilliantly. And and what she's talking about is something that happened to uh, people of a certain age, where before the sort of cheap keyboard came out... Um, like what was the very first one, Casio Vialtone, you know, with a the, mm-hmm. doubled as a calculator. Before that all happened, uh, music. Well, you, you just had the home organ, didn't you? I had a f- yeah. friend whose granny had one of those things exactly. that filled up the entire living room. But the concept that you could ever record a, a hit single on that was absurd. Yeah. So that this was when pop became something the masses could. St- this is when it first started. That and the kind of cheap Amstrad home studio was where people had pop dreams in their living room. It brought the punk DIY ethic into the Into, into everyone, the home, into it? this middle-class suburban home. And, you know, that you, you went on to, to become a pop star because of it, really, didn't you? I mean, you're, Well, I guess my, my first keyboard was... I, I, shame to say, I can't remember what it was. I know it was a Casio, but I forget. Yeah. And it's because uh, the SK... I swapped it for an SK-1 when I, when I went, to, um, went to college. And me. Uh, yeah, that's it. I started writing songs on one of those little little Casios. I remember the first track I ever wrote was called "The Black Phantom," uh, <laughs> and it was inspired by some very dodgy bands and dodgy lyrics in the uh, fantastic in the early eighties. Sounds like Bela Lugosi's Dead, minus the copyright. It wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but talking of that, I mean, because you were, you know, obviously talking about places where you can't enforce copyright or royalties. You, your your band's very big in places like that, isn't it? Oddfellows well, Casino. Say, yeah, my band my band's called Oddfellows Casino. I don't think listen very likely to to have heard of us but then but then these we, the surpri- intro music is 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 Oddfellows casino is that's it? true yes it is yeah, yeah yeah but we did yeah we played in estonia a couple of years ago we were contacted by a festival organizer and he said he said would you like to come out here and play uh i forgot the name of the festival now but uh, come come play this festival we'll only there'll only be like i don't know 1500 people there so it's, it, it's you know is that okay and that, by, by far the largest crowd we'd ever played in front of and also when i got there i discovered that the population of estonia is is around a million so that's quite a significant percentage of the population came to see us do this gig but we also discovered that we'd had a hit single out there with one of our songs called camping on the moon which has never been requested live no, no one's ever said oh that should have been a single and so they just plucked this track out of the blue off a, an old album of ours from 2005 and and that had been a hit on the radio we didn't hear anything about that so did you get money for that of course we didn't oh wow of course we didn't. this is like my friend uh, jason Pegg, our friend jason Pegg, clear lake wonderful band mm. l- one of the most neglected bands ever go and look them up listener you will not be disappointed um but uh at one time they were riding high they'd appeared on um later, jules holland, yeah. jules, later with jules holland and they got a tour of eastern europe uh and they said but we don't have a record deal with eastern europe and their management went D- don't worry <laughs> and went out there filling out five six hundred seaters everyone singing along to every word and jason said on one level i was delighted Mm. On another level, I just wanted to stop the gig and say, "Go and buy the bloody record, <laughs> bastards!" You know, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's it's a double-edged sword. The internet in that in yeah. that sense. Uh, but I mean, get back to what you were saying. I, I I remember the first band I had at school 
there was a guy called um, called Andrew who I sort of teamed up with, and I was so jealous of the fact that he had a string synth. He had he didn't mm-hmm. have a Moog. He probably had, I think like an SH one hundred one. This is going to mean isn't going to mean a lot to to make, had many a Korg, Korg Delta for for the uh, was that a car? Geeks. No, the Korg, <laughs> Korg Delta was the sound of the Gary Newman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cars, but, but he period. had you know he had he had the proper bank of keyboards. He could stand wow. and play the two keyboards. Oh my god! And he must have attracted so many nerds. That's like having a massive nerd. Absolutely, absolutely. But then we we got in touch about about 10 15 years ago and he'd been he'd been supporting Aphex Twin up in Sheffield where he lives. So it had it, yeah gone well for him but I remember just just being and I had this little poxy keyboard that wasn't even full sized keys and that was <laughs> you know that was all I had until yeah. until I you know got to got to college and then met met Tony and uh, discovered marijuana and Tony's collection of of, of uh, fantastic 70s synths and uh, and spent I think the first year at uni just making bad instrumental synth music getting stoned and failing. I didn't even wait until university and my when I was about 16 17 we formed bands we had band nights but mainly we were we were a recording band. And uh, I've found so I didn't I didn't know you were in a band. Oh yeah, no, I've I've found a couple of our old records. In fact, um, you know, I thought you know this being a platform, it's never too late, is it? Never too late these what days. What have you got? What's that? Well, this is a old Ghetto Blaster, eighty style Ghetto Blaster here. Uh, and you, uh, you came prepared, didn't you? Well, you know, I just thought you know f- a platform for our music. So I'm just going to play play a little blast of uh, this single. Um, this was made when nineteen eighty seven. Whoa! So we would have been what two, three? Yeah, back two, then? two or yeah, three. Yeah. yeah, very young, very young. But anyway, here it is. This is Insider Dealing. One, two, three, four. Hit it! So this is right. This is this is your first recording. Well, no, no, no well, yes. Well, no, this was quite uh, late on actually right. in oh, right. our development. <laughs> Do I hear a little a little uh, Chemical Brothers influence going on here? This was before the Chemical Brothers. I invented the the overdriven keyboards. Well, I didn't, but this is the first time I'd ever heard it. And I, when I was about 18, 19, I sent off a cassette of all our stuff to John Peel. Strangely, I never got anything back. But I'm fairly convinced I've heard our influence in, in most major pop songs since then. I think the Chemical Brothers definitely nicked that, over to, without a doubt. It is. Doubt. I mean, it's yeah. It's, it's a delightful blast from the past, and I can hear some of the some of the SK1 sounds on there. It's not just SK1. You've got drum, oh no, drum there's, there's, there's 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 uh, yeah there's there's more advanced keyboards on that one. Yeah. Can yeah. you can you turn it off now? Uh, yeah. Thanks. So anyway, you know that's I, I was glad to find that and dig that out. Um, you couldn't find yours, your old stuff could you probably as well because you're you know professional pop professional you don't want your i don't think mine would have would have weathered as well as as yours actually i'm not sure about that but the 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 point is what about our listeners there must be in our you know 10 20 listeners there must be someone who has old sort of keyboard based synth pop cassettes are are you feeling a competition i'm feeling a competition coming on and this is a real competition okay this is where you send in your like mp3 or whatever if you can dump it down to us um and we will the the winner will get played the best slash worst track you ever recorded you have to have been under 18 let's say i'd say under 20 let's say under 20 and it it has to be at least over 20 years old and recorded at home not in a studio and involve at least one keyboard and 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 send it in 
on cassette. Oh, you said MP3, didn't you? Oh, however you want to send it in. Send it in however I you like want. I like that. I like that. And uh, we're not going to play them, though, are we? No, God, no. No, no. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's just yes, a, a we'll cathar- play the winner. We'll play the one we <laughs> we'll like. Play the, best. The we'll play the winner. I like that cathartic idea of of um, of, the, of that stuff which you you were so passionate about when oh, you were younger. God. I was convinced and, I was going to be a huge pop star. You know, absolutely convinced. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're big in Estonia, baby. Big in Estonia, bigish in parts of Brazil. There you go. And southern Spain, and Middlesbrough. <laughs> <laughs> Middlesbrough has always been its own country, <laughs> pop wise. So I've I've got no idea how we could how we could wrap up today's. Well, pop. how's about another bit, another blast uh, of uh, of classic? Well, uh, no, no, I wasn't. Uh, no, Dave, classic uh, Manfield well, pop. Uh, There's no oh. problem with that. Come on, let's let's go for it. Here we go. This one's called uh, Flight to Oblivion. Here we go. Lance, Lance. Get rid of him, please. <laughs> <laughs> put more compression around the base, actually. Oh, no, yeah. Don't encourage him. <laughs> Lance is dancing now. <laughs> oh, the little party is taken off in the studio. Andrew's in. Everybody's getting. Actually, hey, it's quite infectious. Bum holes, bum holes, bum holes, bum holes, bum holes, bum holes, bum 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 holes, bum holes, bum holes. The auditorium is presented by Dr. David Bramwell and Mr. David Mountfield. The producers are Lance Dan and Andrew Mailing. You can discover more about the show at oddpodcast.com, where you can find out about upcoming events and festival shows. If you'd like to give a talk about something that you're passionate about, then email us at contact at oddpodcast.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at oddpodcastuk. Talks from the Auditorium are featured in Earnest Journal, a magazine for the curious and adventurous. If you like the Auditorium, then please leave a review for us on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs>